to this song but i'm getting seven brides for seven brothers feelings from this episode three brides for three lithium miners is the alt title for this three black brides three lithium miners uh quite a bit of like i'm just a good old woman who wants to take care of someone's dirty socks that's Uh, that's what i this is the type of episode that I come to Red Sharts for. This is what yes. fuels me. Because there is so much to yes. discuss about this seemingly batshit story where, uh, mm-hmm. again, human trafficking might be the main plot line with a person that we we seemingly love. Like, he's a happy-go-lucky Yo. trafficker. It's we call them recruiters. Yes, that's true. Now, exactly, Missy. they're recruiters, <laughs> and they're really totally willing to go along with it. So who knows? But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Who we're knows? totally getting ahead of ourselves. Captain Emily, welcome. Thank you. I want. I am so excited for you to take me on this journey. What did you think of this episode when you first saw it? I know we sometimes get into this toward the end or in the middle of it, but I need to know what did young Emily think of this episode because uh, pre middle aged Missy. Has some interesting, <laughs> had an interesting reaction. Oh, what an episode this is. I do not remember seeing this episode for the first time. Um, but I do remember seeing Harry Mudd for the first time. Uh, or at least I remember that he was absolutely my very favorite character in all of Star Trek. And I watched the episodes with him in them over and over and over again. Uh, so I saw this episode... A number of times uh and really it was just fucking there for this random pirate mm-hmm. in space he's, he's this- a swarthy motherfucker like yep. i i hate how much i like him he is yeah. so like just coming in and acting all co- like it's it's really great but yeah i didn't i didn't know if young Young Emily had any sort of thoughts of the implications of of what the women were doing, or if like this, you were like, it's like seven brides for seven brothers. Of course, these women want to get married. That's what they're gonna do. Yep, they just, they just, <laughs> there is no good men where they are. Um, this is a really fun episode, and I am so so excited to chat with you about Mud's women. Mud's women, all three Mud's of them. Women. Uh, let's start out with some fun facts about this excellent episode. Um, you see, the origin of this story, this is one of, like, the first Star Trek stories ever written. At all. 
it was proposed to be one of the pilots. This story about human trafficking, the origins can be found in an early 1964 series outline. Um, and this was two years before it was uh, even shot. It was shot in 66. Um, his series outline titled Star Trek is, this was a story uh proposal titled The Women, in which the synopsis was duplicating a page from the Old West's hanky-panky aboard with a cargo of women destined for a far-off colony. I've seen a lot of westerns. I don't remember there being corrals of women being taken across. (laughs) Like, I know that is historically accurate if we stop and think about it. Like, yeah, that happened. But that isn't exactly the first thing that comes to mind when I think of, oh, yes, a page out of the traditional Western. Yup. Uh, this story, of course, a candidate for the second pilot of Star Trek um, against the Omega Glory, which doesn't come until the second season, and Where No Man Has Gone Before, which was the uh, third episode mm-hmm. that aired. Um NBC didn't choose this episode as the second pilot because they were worried about the central theme of selling women throughout the galaxy. Gee, I wonder why that might be a thing. And and the one thing that we've we've talked about it on a previous episode when we've mentioned just the pilots, but we haven't said so far. Now, who was the per- who of our Star Trek people might be the one that was pushing who? pushing this one? Who do what we think that might be? One? A little bit of Gene in my life. Yes. Gene Roddenberry, because he, of course, wanted to push this because he thought it was this beautiful, beautiful story of of gorgeous, gorgeous women that he could have parade around him in an audition line. Exactly. Um, It was written by Gene Roddenberry and someone else. I think it was Stephen Candle. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, it, is officially, it is officially credited as written by Stephen Candle, mm-hmm. based on a story by Gene Roddenberry. Yes. Um, as you can all see, this was early enough in the run where he wasn't just putting his name on scripts and erasing the other person who actually wrote them. Oh, do, are we going to be seeing that happening quite a lot? A lot of the ones that have his name on it, he did... As all showrunners should, he did rewriting of episodes mm-hmm. and, and you know, story editing, etc. Um, but he would put his name on things that otherwise would not, that no other showrunner would put their names on. Uh, and, yeah, so there he definitely did that. Um, it was a whole thing, especially in the next gen era, um, where, you know, there were some authors that just left. Or writers that left DC Fontana left that show. Oh. Um, and DC Fontana, as we saw, she wrote Charlie X. Yeah. She was there from the very beginning. She was his assistant and then brought in as a writer uh, based on Robert Justman's, the other producer's opinions um, or suggestions, and then was the story editor of all of Star Trek for a very long time. Um, and so, at that you point, know. And that point, just had enough and couldn't deal with the shit any longer. Like that's a long yes. time to deal with the shit and finally to be like, no more, just it's no a more. long time. Um, he was at that point, people think perhaps he was getting older. He was less 
sort of there and more apt to let his uh, just bad thoughts be on the surface. Yeah, unfortunate. is a thing that happens. Um, and something that I would be more forgiving of, like, it's like, oh, oh, that's so sad. Someone going through dementia suddenly exhibiting characteristics they did not previously exhibit except that he exhibited a lot of characteristics yeah exactly like we already know enough about gene to know that he wasn't exactly uh saint gene when things were coming into it and check this out nbc program manager jerry stanley recalled that one of the problems we had was in trying to talk roddenberry out of some of his sexual fantasies that would come to life in the scripts some of the scenes he would describe were totally unacceptable. I, you know, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that the person who, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the ending of this, but who has uh, women who can just with self-confidence make themselves look young and beautiful <laughs> eternally. Like right there, that's telling me what he's like already displaying the fantasies day Mm -hmm. one and just saying like oh yeah no i just want young beautiful and i need them to say young and beautiful forever oh (laughs) you're you're slightly middle-aged ah disgusting the worst fate you could have oh my god yes um i mean that's one of the things i think i had mentioned the first thing he ever wrote was after as a cop because let's not forget that he was a cop yes um wrote all those cop procedurals wrote all those cop procedurals he he Look, he he was trying to um, do morality plays through these things, mm-hmm. um, which was part of why his previous shows didn't work so well, because, you know, suits were like, excuse me, we cannot talk about racism in modern day police departments. What are you doing? Um, but we can, as long as they're both aliens, um, which is why he put Wagon Train in space. Um but yeah, he his the first thing he ever wrote was after when, as a cop, he was invited into a party he was supposed to shut down for a wild night of escapades. Oh boy! Came home, wrote something. So, aren't imagine this is imagine going to a party where you fuck around so hard as a cop, <laughs> you come back a writer, like. <laughs> You just come back and you're like, no, no, no. I need to just pour all of these thoughts out of my head. Like, that's a hard-ass party that you're going to. Yeah, we need more of those parties is what I'm actually hearing. Like, police reform needs to be a party. Yeah, Uh, it needs to be police conversion where we convert them back into hippies, back into normal people that are part of society. Deconditioning. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. So here we are. Well, I have one more fun fact before we get started. A little thing for eagle-eyed viewers uh, to look out for. Missy, did you notice any changes in the uniforms of this episode as opposed to previous ones? Uh, no. Not okay. that I could tell, but also the uniforms have been changing about every single episode because we're so early in production that I'm I'm probably not sure what I would have clocked. Fair enough. Uh, what you could have clocked is that the Valora uniforms used in this episode had shrunk since they were first used due to uh, union rules. Every day the uniforms had to be cleaned so that you're not, you know, forcing your actors to wear gross shit. 
So they kept shrinking. (laughs) That's so funny. Yes. You can see like they only had enough time to put together fitting costumes for like the main crew Mm -hmm. for like, you know, Spock and Kirk and people who were being watched. So you can just see other people in the background with like sleeves, like halfway up their arms. Oh my Uh, God. I'm going to have to rewatch parts of this just for the background fashion. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So let's dive on in. Let's dive on in. We can invent a warp drive. We can't invent a shrink proof material. (laughs) Blue. Uh, (laughs) So let's, let's dive deep into that mud. Missy, are you, are you ready? I'm ready to get my feet a little bit dirty. It's Stardate 1329.8. We hang out on the bridge of the Enterprise as they pursue a vessel. A smaller vessel. It has no registration beam. Mm, Excuse me, your taillights, they are out, (laughs) sir. Um, They are not answering any hails. And they are rocketing as hard as they possibly fucking can to an asteroid belt. The Enterprise, they're they're going crazy. They're like, these people are pushing their engines so fucking hard that not only are they going to be destroyed by these asteroids, they're just going to explode. All of these people are going to die. We are a starship. What do we do? Um, it has lost its engines. It's drifting through this asteroid belt. Everyone's going to die unless... We teleport them all onto the ship. Yes, but first, we need to put our shields around their ship. Which is a weird concept that I didn't think I knew was a thing that you could extend your shields to other ships around you, which is fascinating. Just barely. This is sort of like, this is the last ditch effort to try and save these people's lives, which is an interesting thing for the Federation. Like, we get this idea that We don't know who's on this ship. It could be criminals. It could be completely innocent people. But regardless, Kirk's like, okay, if we put our shields around this ship, we could destroy our own engines. But if we don't, these people are going to fucking die. So, you know, get get those shields around that ship. Space! The final frontier. Uh, So... The Enterprise's engines, obviously, they're getting too hot. Their shields are going down. Bam! All the lights go off. One lithium crystal is dead. The lights go back on. I just love that all of the lights on the ship turn off as if, like, the light circuit is... Yeah, as if it's, like, a power switching over. Like, they just had a rolling blackout go through the Enterprise. (laughs) Bam! All the lights go off. The second lithium crystal is down um this is of course only these this is the only one of two episodes where the crystals that power the ship are called lithium crystals throughout the rest they're called dilithium crystals um interesting there's there's, i mean they're both not like lithium isn't crystal it's a metal Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you can imagine how disappointed uh high school emily was when she sat in chemistry class and learned that Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like dilithium exists and the teacher was like 
it's a metal. And I'm like, but is a lithium a metal? And she's like, I know what you're asking me, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because yeah, lithium is it's the it's element number three. It's the lightest of them because it has so, so few elements. Yeah. So few. And it just it's just dying to give up its electrons too, which is why it is such a good battery. Um, and why most things are run by lithium batteries now, like starships. Um, <laughs> so finally, Uhura gets a signal from this ship. This is after two crystals are down. They're in the asteroid field. Everyone is freaking out. Um, she gets a distress signal that someone's going to come in through the transporter. They're able to get them. We rush down to the transporter room. And who should appear but the most piratey motherfucker in the world? His sleeves voluminous. His shirt buttoned. I don't even know if it has a button because we can see his belly button. Puffy. Uh, Beautifully puffy. The most incredible mustache. Curls at the end. Uh, a single earring. He's wearing like an awesome and, and wanting one of those like wearing like one of those australian outback hats where like one corner of it like just like yes. the, the left side is curled up but the right side is like out flat <laughs> which i love because like I, I was like sitting thinking like wow what a useless hat because if the sun is coming you'll have to make sure that you're like blocking the light properly and then i was like they're in space yeah yeah this is all just for fashion it's all holdover also i guess do we even know if he's a human or what he i mean he's a human but what planet does he come from so like is this fashion that has been appropriated by uh do, do all civilizations end up going through uh, a pirate phase like so this guy raises more <laughs> questions than he yes. answers from the get-go literally and yep. figuratively yep uh, he gives us the name Leo Walsh, this jolly old gentleman. This guy Leo is not a Leo Walsh. Walsh. He doesn't look like a Leo Walsh at all. That's the fakiest fake name, you know. Plus, also because the title of the episode is Mud's Women, that was the other clue yeah. to me that it might be a little bit, little bit of a dead giveaway. Uh, Scotty and um, Scotty, a transporter uh, officer, and McCoy are awaiting you know whoever's going to be popping over mccoy there because they just went through an asteroid field they don't know what the fuck's up with these people they're like hey where's your fucking crew dipshit like you're gonna appear here with a big ass smile on your face after we burnt out our engines and he's like oh we i can't even do the accent Arr, it's a pirate accent <laughs> he's just like Arr. Uh, I needed to be sure it was a friendly vessel before my crew got into position, before the rest got into position. He doesn't refer to them as crew. Uh, and they're like, okay, you, we have a registration tag. Like, you know exactly who we are. Oh, sure, sure. We're a friendly vessel. So Scotty tries to bring them aboard. He, he has it locked on. It takes a little, a second longer than usual. And we get a great little like McCoy aside. He goes, I never did trust this thing. <laughs> it's like, dude, okay. It, 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 I am fascinated by how poetic his language is. It's the most flowery 
of mm-hmm. speaking and he it's it is clear that this guy maxed his charisma on yep. his like rpg chart because that's the only thing that he can go on and it kind of works to a certain point oh oh it works and uh the ship has blown up we go back to the to the um also, the bridge. I, I, i'm going to try to attempt my henry mudd that's not true <gasps> i have all sorts of things that i can do Ooh, he's not just a mm, i love it i love it so we see that their ship blows up yeah and we don't have the rest of the people on board yet but thankfully they get the crew on board Right on time. Sorry, not the crew. It's three gorgeous ladies in idyllic colors and sequins outfits. They look like they're here for a 70s disco. I was jealous of every one of their outfits. I was like, walk the runway, queens. Oh, my God. We have like a pink sequins long dress, like a green thing well it's like a green it's like it's it's like two straps over her breast but like in the middle it's just all open and mm-hmm. then it goes down towards for the rest meets the rest of the drip, dress at the bottom and then and the, this blue like fringe dress yes. is like super short it uh, they are to die for you have to look up photos of these yes. online you can, you can easily find months women and you'll see them the sleeves, the yes. sleeves and the shortness of the length on this blue dress. I was literally losing my mind. I was like, I need one of these immediately. I would look yep. fantastic. My le- legs for days without trying. Right. Like, I I was stunned. But I also thought to myself, these are the most 60s outfits, like, yep. ever. Like, space fashion is just our fashion at this time. Yup. It absolutely is. Um... So we got these three ladies. They're smiling seductively, as seductively as they can muster at Spock and Scott and McCoy and McCoy and Spock and Scott. They are gobsmacked. Especially McCoy. Poor guy. Can't even hear what people are saying. Uh, (laughs) It's just one of the fun. Henry's like. It's one of the funniest moments because when we do it, we see like it cuts to, to, sorry, it's Chekhov and he's like concerned. Spocky's concerned. McCoy has the stupidest half grin. He's looking, it's like such a comedy beat where he's just like, hey. (laughs) And someone says something to him and I forget what, but he just responds with, yes, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Like responding to nothing. Just like in his own head, um, Spock is, of course, just stony faced. He looks around and he has this whole time, this whole episode, the smirk that is on the inside of Spock's face. Like he is so excited just to see how all of the other fools on the Enterprise react to these ladies. He it, it, it is a bit of oh, I'm trying to think of how to say this. It's not prudish. It's more of he's so self-satisfied in his own mm-hmm. self-control. That's mm-hmm. it's that sort of attitude, which I sort of get when your friends are all horny on Maine and you're like, oh, look at me having the restraint for not. When you're also sort of like, I mean, but they are attractive. <laughs> you're like, you acknowledge oh, yeah. that's true. So Spock is taking uh, Leo Walsh and these ladies directly to Kirk's quarters because Kirk is fucking pissed. 
his engines are down because of this fucking fool. And he wants to know why this fucking fool, why this ship was acting so stupidly that he has put all of the 425 men and women upon his ship in such danger. Uh, He's pissed off. But Spock is walking them up to the quarters and everyone is being a hallway menace today. We get a great shot of all the girls' asses Mm -hmm. as they walk. We get a lot of really lovely shots, a lot of really interesting shots this episode, um, mostly highlighting these ladies' beauty. The director, um, who who was Harvey Hart, um, he ended up going a day over schedule um in shooting and did a bunch of camera cutting which was like basically just getting like the shots that he thought were really interesting and didn't have time to get a bunch of coverage so they never invited him back (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah so this is the only time we're gonna get to see this particular director but boy these shots these asses Everyone is staring. Leo's walking around with his chest pumped out. He's just like, no matter where men are, there always be men. You can't take that out of them. You're Vulcanian, though, aren't you, Mr. Spock? So it doesn't affect you unless you want it to. (laughs) That part was, yes, the unless you want it to. Such a beautiful little bit of negging on his part. Like, oh, you, yeah, just, oh, mud, mud. He's like, you can save it, girls. This type can turn himself off from any emotion. And as they leave the elevator, one of the ladies, the lady with blonde long hair, we have blonde short haired lady, Ruth Bonaventure. We have black haired lady, Magda Kovacs, and long blonde haired lady, Eve McCurran. This, these are the character names. These aren't the actor names. Yes. Um, Eve, as she's stepping out of the elevator, she turns to Spock. She says, I'm so sorry about him. Uh, he's so used to buying and selling people yep our our acknowledgement one also too i i i couldn't remember if it had been said or not but i have to make a point and say i believe at the end of the transporter scene mud explicitly says oh that's not my crew that's my cargo it's not my crew it's my cargo and so Uh, this is just more i mean if you if you weren't ambiguous before the tactile admittance of mm -hmm. this that no this guy is just a human trafficker he or or we should say at minimum the runner of a mail order bride service who also happens to be the delivery man for said mail order brides which is a form of human trafficking Oh, that's literally, yeah, that is what he says next when they get into the conference room with Kirk and Spock does this great, like, eyebrow raise, like, literal smile, like, the smirkiest smile on his face just to, like, open the door and present this con man and these hot women to Captain Kirk. He's, it's so obvious. He has this shit-eating grin on his face. He's just like, ha-ha, what's the captain gonna do to this fool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Kirk, that's where Kirk's like, is this your crew? These hot, hot women? I'm already exasperated as fuck. And you bring in this mustache and these ladies. And he's just like, this is me cargo. 
with me this is me cargo and they so okay so we're talking about progressive regressive this is a conversation Mm -hmm. that comes up a lot in this obviously one of the most regressive moments in it is but i mean in this in the sense but i mean it's not it's not advocating for what he's doing at all But they really make him such a – I guess it's not – It's here he is. I think maybe I'm being a bit too – the return on the regressive part. That comes a bit later with the women's attitudes toward it all and that we can have a discussion about. You know, because it's – I don't think it's wrong for them to have a person who's committing crimes be a likable character. Like that is obviously – the likable criminal is is a trope that goes on for him at all. It is just – Odd coming from our modern context and knowing <laughs> how horrible and how much human trafficking exists under our noses right now for it to be just like, oh, here's a swarthy fun character that's, you know, doing this. It, you, you, it just is a little bit of being like, God, I really do hate how much they i'm I, I, they're making me enjoy him or i'm enjoying him. they're not yep. making me force me to do anything yeah, i do enjoy him uh but it, yeah that part for me is there but the fact that they are like okay we are signing up willingly because our marriage prospects are very slim to none and it's like okay so the women want to be a part of it but then also they're still signing themselves up to be bought and sold. This isn't plenty of fish. And someone is saying, one of the women is is specifically saying yeah. through this, he is buying and selling people. Yeah. So it, it it's not an ambiguous. <laughs> it's not ambiguous, you know. And, and he's, you can just claim what he's collecting a finder's fee or something and helping to pay for transport for convenience. But the but fact like, that she it's, well, it's, says that and it makes it weird. And 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 he's. He's window shopping them. Like they're basically, yep. he's a door to door ride salesman. And yep. he's trying to, because, you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, but the target that we have learned they're growing to is because they know that there's a lonely men there. And yeah. they're just t- targeting them. It it it, mm-hmm. it is so many different layers of this scheme, if I can use a word that is not heavy enough for what is being done here. <laughs> But yeah, but again, it plays up the women all wanting to be a part of this, willing yes. participants in trafficking, which we know now with everything, how Not much women typical. are coerced into doing. Like, yep. like even the mail order buy thing, which everyone was yep. like, oh, they're willing to sign up for it. What's the big deal? It's like, well, a lot of them are because their prospects of economic and human survival yes. are so slim. It's not yeah. oh it's I not, need a man. I want love. Yes. I want a relationship. Yes. And there's no one here it's, to have a relationship with me. I could stay here and eat and drink and and be, you know. I need fine. survival and this seems yeah. like the best option. For, like you're providing me the best out mm-hmm. that I have right now. So I'm I'm gonna try and go for it. Yeah. And so there's and there's there's questions. We got this is me cargo and we get a little captain's log to explain to us what's going on. What's going on here? We got three women with a strange magnetic effect on all of the men. Me included, says Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. for reasons unknown. It can't and just be that they're this... all three gorgeously beautiful women yeah. and you're all horny men. It can't be. It yeah. has to be something supernatural that's affecting us. Yeah. So we're in this conference room and Leo... Big air quotes on Leo. He is doing his very best to bullshit his way through this. He's like, 
this big strange ship came up next to us and you can see I have these vulnerable people on my ship. I wasn't just gonna open my ailing frequencies to anyone. And then you drove us into an asteroid field, which really means like you destroyed our ship, which is like kind of your fault. Um, And Kirk just like has no patience for this man. Uh, And it's really fun to see. He's just like, you are a liar. I am sending you to a hearing and Mr. Spock will provide you all of the legal information that you need. Fuck you. Uh, it is pre- security. It, it, lock is, him in yeah. quarters. That is a pretty amazing amount of jurisdiction to have that yeah. you can like court martial a civilian in your, on your ship. I mean, I get why, but it is just like very interesting to me how quickly it happened yeah. to write where he's basically like, you're a liar. We're going to get you on trial so we can, you know, have you commit perjury or whatever. Or at least that we can open up a warrant to investigate your background, whatever that. Yeah. I don't know if they ever get more into space law when, <laughs> when, <laughs> later in the series. But yeah, I just did find that interesting where it is like, no, you, you get your yeah. rights and everything, but we're having a trial, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're back on the bridge. We have Johnny and Mr. Sulu. So Chekhov actually doesn't show up until season two. Um, because he was young and looked like one of the monkeys. And they're like, he's a hottie. We'll put him on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Sulu and, and the other guy named Johnny. Okay. He really and looks I feel, like Chekhov. I, keep, I think I keep confusing him does. for him. He looks like a kind of corpsey version of Chekhov. Yeah. Which is a little mean <laughs> of me to think. But whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, no, a zombie. And it's just like, no, that's just 60s stage makeup. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And zombie ensign. Um, so Johnny and Zulu walk on the bridge. Johnny's like, their eyes, like when they look at you. And Zulu's like, back to reality, buddy. Oh, I noticed them. Wake up, friend. We got to work now. Like these, all of these men are dazed. Um, this was the point where I started wondering. I'm like, it's not another goddamn ESP telepathy <laughs> episode, is it? Like we've had so Espers. many, we've had so much charmed, like charmed women recently that I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't like another thing like that. Spoiler, it's not. But no. this is what I began to question. <laughs> right. So mud is brought back to where the women are being held, um, and they're like, dude what the fuck we are going to be late for where we need to go like we are on this weird ship now what the fuck he's like it's totally fine it's totally fine just you know answer any of the questions that they have for you and don't submit to any medical exams and he like sees the security guards in the back and he's like uh because you're so healthy (laughs) yeah you don't you don't need them right need them (laughs) haha Only think lovely thoughts and smile and everything will turn out fine. Which just made me want to punch him in the face. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, oh, oh, this situation that I've created, uh, don't worry. It's not as bad as you feel it is. Like, you can just deny your own emotions and stop being so hysteric, you women. Um... Kirk and Scott and Spock are trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to get out of the situation they're in with a ship that has one lithium crystal out of three working. Um, They're like, Leo fucked our ship. Fuck this guy. He is going to jail. And Spock is like, okay, look in two for two days away. There is a lithium mine, a planet with some lithium miners. We can get some new crystals. 
Kirk is like, sweet, set a heading. We're going to go get some fucking crystals. And in the meantime, I'm going to trial this son of a bitch. Like, it's I am awfully convenient yeah. that that planet happens to be nearby. It's so nearby. Yeah, I'm sure that has um, nothing to do with anything. So we got Spock. We got Kirk. We got Leo Walsh. We got the lady, Scott and McCoy. We're having a trial. That's right. We're in a conference room. Because where else are we going to do important things but the conference room? Kirk says, like, state your name. Leo Francis Walsh. Uh, and the best lines from the computer. This is one of the best computer episodes. I loved, I loved this computer. The computer just says in its wonderful little voice, incorrect. <laughs> it knows. It just knows he's lying. <laughs> It, it's, yeah. And, and, and he, his look right away of him being like, what the fuck? fuck. Like, oh, okay, He's like, surely, surely you're not going to take the word of a soulless device over a flesh and blood man. Uh, nah, bitch. Like, AI has got you. It's been 300 years. We're not just stealing other people's writing now. Uh, it knows. <laughs> Finally, it gives his real name, Harry Mudd. That's right. Any past offenses? He's like, nope, I'm I'm totally good to go. Computer, incorrect. <laughs> it's like, here is his entire rap sheet. He is a smuggler. He buys ships with fake currency. Uh, he is a son of a bitch. Kirk is like, all right. You are a menace to navigation. You were flying a ship without a registration beam. You were flying without a master's license. And he's like, but I do. I do have a master's license. See, Leo Walsh had a master's license and he was originally going to be the captain of the ship, but then he died. So to honor him because he died, I I had to take his place and and, and, pat, and he, assume he's, out of courtesy to him, I had to complete this human trafficking scheme. He's dread pirate Robert again. He's basically yep. saying, oh, no, I had to take on the moniker to go over here. So it, Kirk's just like, sure, sure. Purpose of journey. Wiving settlers. Wonderful, wonderful way to put that. He recruits wives for settlers. A difficult but satisfying task. Mm -hmm. um, during this whole thing, these ladies, they are making hell eyes. Oh, they're freaking out. Out of all the men. Well, especially like early on when he has the first response, they're basically like, it can read our minds. He's like, nah, calm down, girls, calm down. It can only tell you what's on the screen and what in its information mm -hmm. stuff. You know, but yeah, they are like freaking out because they're basically like, it's going to find it out. It's going to find out our secret. And we're like, what's the secret? What's the secret? I don't, I don't know what your secret um, is yet, Mudswomen. Tell us what the secret is. Mm -hmm. They ask the computer what's going on. And there's no readings on the, on the women. Like the computer can't identify the women. But it can identify high respiration, perspiration, heartbeats, and blood pressure on all of the men in the room. Kirk's <laughs> like, strike that from the record. Hide our shame, please. Yeah, it, it, again, it's just basically like, don't don't reveal how horny we are. You don't do that to a <laughs> bro. Like, I get you're calling it out, computer, because you can sense these things, but like, nah. 
uh, Mud's like, look, this is a sacred trust that I have devoted my life to. Computer, incorrect. He's like, I am going to devote my life to. <laughs> that's a great, that's one of my favorite <laughs> things where he says, I'm going. Like, oh my God. It, the classic liar's correction when when mm-hmm. just like the tiniest detail. They're like, no, I misspoke. Like, you, I, sorry, this is what I, I meant I, to uh, say. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. So Kirk, Kirk gets to the basis. Like this, Kirk finally gets to the fucking point. Are these ladies here by choice? <laughs> like, sir, have you kidnapped these women? Like, what? But of course, yes, they are here by choice. One lady, Magda, she is from a pleasure planet. Again, I saw the pleasure planet reference. I was like, oh, we are just going to make this a thing. We can't say brothels. We can't say, no. you know, uh, uh, sex workers, anything like that. Nope. But we can talk about a pleasure planet all we goddamn want. Just not what those pleasures are. Uh, one lady, uh, the the not Eve, um, one adventure, <laughs> Ruth, Ruth Bonadventure, is from an experimental planet. Yeah, that I want. They don't go into that at all. I was curious what that They don't meant. go into that. I assume that it's a a... A planet with a scientific outpost. That's what that I assumed. Doing experiments. That's kind of what I assumed, but I also thought it'd be interesting if they were basically like trying to terraform a planet and like, where do you know this planet's gonna go? Like, it might not actually end up being a planet. <laughs> we're really trying hard, but this is our experiment. Like, we're experimenting to make this a planet. Um, uh, and then suddenly Eve interrupts before we can get to her backstory she just goes it's the same story for all of us there's no men there's no men where any of us are we have no prospects i'm all alone with my shit brothers who track mud in the house and i have to clean up after them and they're dirty fucks so we all decided to leave and get husbands we were so tired of the mud we had to call mud we had to call mud we had to call which begs the question and i and and i apologize if they go into this What's his recruitment scheme? Does he have like what? ads? Does he say, "Are you a single? Are you a single lonely woman in your area? Like you need to contact me, Mud." Is he going? Yeah. Is is he going planet to planet? Like he is selling this? Is it literally just like he's a traveling person? And he collects and drops off as he goes. Like supply and demand is just wherever he. <laughs> I I need to. I, I need the like, the yeah. the space FBI needs <laughs> to release the trafficking patterns and yep. tactics of this man so we know how to stop it. Yeah. So Kirk has basically established at this point, like, okay, like these these ladies aren't being held against their will. So there isn't an immediate action that I need to take to protect them or get them away from mud or anything. Yeah, like, I can't, char- I can't like, charge him with kidnapping. So you haven't committed a crime in that regard. And he's like, okay, so like we have some shit to figure out with our ship. You know, the one that we almost destroyed trying to save your stupid asses. Um, and she's like, sir, but what are you going to do with us? We need to get some dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're late for the dick express we're late but kirk everyone they just walk right out they're like okay no like fuck this mud they overhear oh they're going to go get some lithium 
they're going to find these lithium miners to get lithium for the ship. At first, the girls are like, we have husbands waiting for us in the other fucking direction. But Mud is like, haha, no, thank God the universe provides. We're going to see these lithium miners. And let me tell you, girls, these men are rich. They are lonely. You're going to be a countess, a duchess. You're going to have a man who can buy you a planet. And I, I will rule this starship. <laughs> he essentially says, like, the first part is, Look, I know we had promised like a contract or whatever, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. And he's yeah. like, I'll take the 20 bucks now. And do you want to take the husband now or later? You can have a husband now or you can wait for a husband later. Yeah. Like, but these guys, these are, these are rich motherfuckers. They are lithium miners. Lithium is wildly valuable. Um, he's planning and he's so excited to take over his ship, the ship, the enterprise. Security's at the door. He... This is the amount of balls this <laughs> motherfucker has. Like he, one, he stepping in, he's like, "I'm gonna serve cunt and just be like yeah. all in here, like already." So he's like, yeah. "I'm just gonna get you be on fashion, so you can't even yep. touch me there." Now I'm gonna be funny, so you can't out joke yeah. me. And then he, Never. you know, he tries to talk out of it. We learn that his inability to tell the truth is is basically his his weakness. But then yeah. even here, he's like, and. I'm going to be the best daddy that you ever need me to be. And so he just like takes his metallic cojones and just says, I'm going to take over this shit. Like that's male. Over this shit. That is yep. toxic male hubris. It is yep. peak, peak yep. ability of being like, oh, I can, uh, me, I'm so good that 465 people are going to roll over on their bellies and be like, yep. yes, please. This is what I need. And like every other overconfident man who just knows he's going to take over everything, um, he leaves it to the three women. His whole plan yeah. is you three women do things and then I will benefit. So let's see what he tells these girls to do because he wants Captain Kirk to be taken his orders. We get our girls. They're out here being hallway menaces. We've got Magda, the black-haired lady. She comes to say hi to McCoy, who's hella into it. Oh, She's like, yeah. oh, hello. Because once again, like, they've decided, like, the women are not the crew of the ship. They have been promised something by this man. It is this man who is the criminal. He's not allowed to leave this room. The women aren't criminals. They can go wherever they want in the ship, you know? Um the assistant in the med bay, which is fantastic. Um, their med bay is now blue and purple. <laughs> if we're updating, <laughs> so Mag- everyone keeping an update, blue yes. and purple. It's no longer that that green. That pea green. Um, so <laughs> this guy's like, oh, hey, Dr. McCoy, like I've got something for you. And McCoy makes this great, like, get the fuck out of here face. <laughs> like, can't you see there's a hot babe in here? Like, get the fuck out. Is um, McCoy... The horniest of the main well no kirk is but of like the non-kirk people he seems like the one that is the most openly pining for people oh, yeah. like romance oh, yeah. i mean romance he's because he's that's not like you get the energy of him like having bde but he mm-hmm. he just is like so lonely and just like falls in love with like the first person that will give him attention yep he is he is quite the puppy dog um puppy that's what exactly what it yeah. is yeah 
he is quite the puppy dog. One of my dear friends um, who I introduced to Star Trek in college. Um, and I, of course, was always partial to Mr. Spock. You cannot uh, not. I oh, want yes. to be him. I want to be with him. Yes. You know, yes. I am 100% on Leonard Nimoy's boat. But she was like obsessed with McCoy. And I'm like, I don't understand. I started watching this as a small child. He is grandpa. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, by the time I was watching a lot of the movies, they were all yep. dads and grandpas. And so it's like, yep. wait, people, you people are attracted? You, I, I'm confused. Attracted and now watching guy? this, I get it because I see them when they're younger. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is much more. But yeah, it, it is just the funny yeah. thing where... This is a total sidetrack, but it's one of those things like where you have actors in Hollywood, like Dennis Quaid, people like that, who I look at and I'm like, oh, I don't find them attractive. You're like a dad, but then whose kids look a lot like them. I find insanely attractive. So hot. Kurt Russell. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's. People say he's hot now. He still looks kind of old to me now. But like, oh my God, young Kurt Russell. Yeah. So it is just so interesting to me to go back and see some of these people when they're younger. And yeah, especially this crew. It's, I get yeah. why audiences were yes. horny for the crew. Yeah. And now that I approach an age where like it would be, it like wouldn't be wildly inappropriate for me to date Dr. McCoy, I get it more. Okay. I'm like, okay. Like, okay. Like, I get it. He's a sweetie. Yeah. Um, but we're in the med bay. She's, she's prancing around. She walks past his medical examiner and it starts beeping. And she like sort of jumps. She's like, oh, what's that? Are you, are you examining me? And he's like, no, no, I wouldn't trust myself. (laughs) I wouldn't trust my judgment. Just walk past that scanner again, which is going off. And he's like, are you? are you wearing like some sort of strange perfume? Maybe something radioactive? What? (laughs) Are you wearing a radioactive perfume? This is a medical doctor. And his, the questions that come, sometimes the questions that come out of these cruise (laughs) mouths, it's to be fair though, it, it lets me know the Star Trek crew are humans. Because they yeah. ask some of the dumbest <laughs> questions to these people throughout. Yeah. And this being one where is And they knew in the that perfume? radiation melts you. Like, they what? know that you melt. To be fair, like, it, was, people... it wasn't that long ago that they were making radioactive, like uranium-filled plates and toothpaste and jewelry <laughs> and all sorts of novel. You could just buy like science kit tests that had your own little uranium that you could measure and that stuff. That is a good point. Yeah. So like I get it. But still, it's wonderful. She's just like, no, I'm just me. So tell me about these minors. Are they in good health? Like, are you going to examine them to make sure they're in good health and like really good stock, you know? And he's like, if they need it? What? Like, bitch, why are you talking about these men like they're livestock while you're being treated like livestock? Uh like hmm i wonder i want maybe maybe the answer is in in the question that you have there <laughs> me. meanwhile eve ends up in a kirk's room in his quarters he's just in there and she opens the door and he's like he like jumps he's like 
what are you doing in my quarters? And she's like, well, I was trying to walk around your ship, but all of your men are leering at me and it's really weird and I need somewhere safe to go. So I just, I just find her so interesting because she is, we see throughout it that she's very uncomfortable with the idea of using her sexuality to get attention. Yeah. Um, even though that is literally what she is participating in. Um, but I find it interesting. She goes and she's just like, Oh, I couldn't like stand all of your men just like staring at me. Um, but they're probably just lonely. I can understand loneliness. Being a captain must be so lonely. You must mm. be. The, it's like, this, this, this is a ship full of lonely boys. And I found the loneliest of them <laughs> all. <laughs> I found the loneliest boy. She's like getting really close to him. And he's like, uh, I'm sure it appears more difficult than it is. To be a a, ca- a captain, uh, uh, and she's like, "Are you a paragon of virtue, or are you just pretending to be a paragon of virtue?" Uh, and he's like, "Ah!" And then suddenly she just stops. She's like very close to him, and she goes, "Oh, I do like you. I don't care what Harry Bud says. I can't go through with it. I hate this whole." and like runs from the room i lost i was i i I was happy for her i was like yes yes break away from this but it was the fact that she said oh i really like like uh, the i I like you that's why i can't do it it's one of my something i'm clearly uncomfortable with it's i can't do it because i like you not because it makes me wildly uncomfortable it's one of those tropes that is reoccurring in fiction but it is the woman involved in a criminal scheme who can't go through with it because she actually falls for the the victim of said scheme and and this is not she's not like she's in love love with him like that's not the implication yeah. obviously but it literally is just like shit you actually are a good guy and a paragon of virtue yeah. so like I I don't actually want you to like to fuck me or yeah. like to ruin that or whatever like yeah this sucks yeah like this really sucks like, that I'm having to like corrupt good people just because of yeah. mud like fucking yeah. mud. And I think she really dislikes mud and I think that she's yes. like I'm not gonna do bullshit to put him in power. Which, like, props. Props, girl. Um, but we're, we're back uh, in with Mud. We're back in Mud's room. We've got Magna. We've got Ruth. Uh, Magna's like, I talked to the doctor, and apparently these miners are in excellent health. And they've been alone for three years. And he... And here's this, like, communicator I stole, you know, another one. So they're putting this plan together. And he's like, this is amazing. These crystals are so valuable. You're going to be so rich. And they're like, okay, except for the fact that they are down on the planet and we are up here in a spaceship. How the fuck are we going to get down there? And Mud's like, no, it's totally going to work out when Eve walks in. And it's just like, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, did you do it? Did you do it? And she's like, no, not no. only did I not do it, I don't want to be a part of this. And Mud's like, I've seen you noticing the captain. I've seen you. You to- Like, what is the problem here? You clearly want to fuck Kirk. 
what is the problem? And she's like, we're supposed to notice them. Like, and she's like breathing hard. She's like, I think, I think it's the time. <gasps> These girls, they're starting to look like they're, they're undergoing something. Yeah, uh, so they're, uh, the, they're, they're all at once going through space withdrawals. Yes. On the bridge, Kirk tries to see if McCoy examined Eve or any of the other girls, and she refused. Kirk is like, are we tired and they're beautiful? Like, what's going on here? Why are we, Are is it that we're exhausted and they're hella hot? How can three and, women have basically crippled the, yeah. the basic functions of this ship? Like, are we all that, like just driven by our our dicks like really like it's it is again without it being said it is so funny yeah. that so much of star trek so far has, has a lot of it has basically been why are you thinking with your dick you know yep. why are you doing that and occasionally <laughs> with women it's why are you thinking with your puss like we do get a bit of that too but yeah. mostly yeah. it's just like why are you thinking with your dick and that is why? what's getting all of these people in trouble <laughs> And yep. it, it 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 works with the miners because he's yep. in secret communique and Mud gets on the communicator yes. and starts talking and is like, here's the deal. I got hot babes and this yep. ship needs lithium, but they're not going to yep. let us go down to get you these mm -hmm. hot babes. So what I need is for you to essentially hold this whole situation hostage and say, you're yes. not going to let the, the, you're not going to let the, the, the the lithium go without letting the little girls go yes and i find i think that's very clever first off it's hilarious and i, I think it's like a little mind it was. i was mad into mud mud is fucking savvy but in the before that when we're still on the bridge mccoy has this really great assessment of what's going on with the dicks he goes like, Kirk, are they actually more beautiful, pound for pound, measure for measure, than any other woman you've ever known? Or do they just act beautiful? More Shakespeare. What? Like, I was just like, oh, so this is the, like, fake it till you make it? Like, I'm going to act like I'm a hot bitch and, like, soon everyone's going to think I'm a hot bitch, which does work. Here's the thing is. Uh, as a person working with transitioning all that stuff, that's true. Faking it till you it's make so it is true. actually very true. But it's funny to be yep. said. And also, uh, spoiler, it, that's a much more literal thing than he even realizes yeah. in the moment yeah. that he's talking about. Like, it, it's wild. I, I didn't make that connection until you just talked about it now. It's like, wow, they really do call out what's going to happen, but you just don't realize that yet. Yup. Um, so meanwhile, we're in Mud's room. Mud is, has arranged this whole sort of scheme, but these women are freaking the fuck out. Yeah. It's like, what's happening to my face? Harry, give us the pills. Give us the pills. Their faces are starting to look ragged. Their hair is ragged. They're holding themselves. They look like they're in pain. Mm -hmm. They're like, give us the pills. What if someone sees us like this? And Eve is like sitting at the table. She is less desperate than the others and just really in despair. Yeah. She's like, this is all a cheat. If you care for someone, you really care. Uh, I'm, another one's like, I'm going back to what I was. 
ugly. I can't stand myself like this. Why did you hide the pills? So that the fucking Enterprise doesn't get them. Finally, he realizes that he hid them in a mattress, gets out the pills, gives them these fucking well, drugs. Well, it's not that he hit them. She, uh, Eve was the one who hit them. Because she hid oh, the pills. Yeah, I believe she hid the pills so that no one else could get them. They're like, where was she had one? And then he's like, under the mattress and the pillow. That's where it yeah. would be. Um, but yeah, I, it's because she basically wants them all to age. And she's like, it's done. It's a cheat. Like, we can't. It's, it's unfair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they take the pills again. Mud's like, this isn't a cheat. It's a miracle. And he hands her one of the pills. And it's great. They look like little jelly hearts with lights mm-hmm. inside of yeah. them. Uh, they're really, really cool looking. And I really, really want one. I just want to hold one in my hand. And I want it to be like one of those little fidget toys. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. really cute. <laughs> so... Kirk and Spock have the miners. We were meeting the miners. We're in the conference room. They're dressed like 18th century miners. Yes. They they, they are dressed like yep. minor miners. It, 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 like, they grabbed it from their nearest set where they had a story <laughs> from coal miners. And they're like, here you go. Space miners. Space miners. Three guys just space mining. It's not, you're not operating machinery. You're mining with overalls. <laughs> So they're like, so yeah, the crystals are not for sale. They're for a swap. We want Mud's women and all of the charges dropped against Mud. Kirk is flabbergasted and laughs at them. And they're like, you have no choice. Like we hit all of the crystals. Like you're going to die in space unless you give us these women and free this man. Um, Kirk is like, you do need our help though like you are three dudes on a random planet in space and we are the federation starship that services all of these planets i'm not i'm not letting this dude get away with jack shit but mud bursts in Mm -hmm. with the ladies who are immediately all over the miners kirk is like there is no deal mud is like you will take this deal you'll have to you bitch it's chaos finally we get down to the planet kirk has decided to go down with the ladies with mud mud is still on the ship but with the ladies and with the miners um we're on this planet there's wind blowing it's a desert there's rocks um but we're in these wonderful cave this wonderful cave quarters mm-hmm. looks like the flintstones and it is a party that's right, a dance party without music. The most fun kind of party with three people. These, and 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 again, for our analogy earlier, it is three brides for three miners. They have the yep. perfect pairing, the perfect numbers. So there's one for each. They pair off. They all start to like chit chat. But then. Chit chatting, dancing, except for Eve. Yeah. Eve is just kind of like standing by herself on the side. Ben, the main minor, Ben Childress, uh, is trying to flirt with her. He's like, oh, she's like, he's like, oh, like, how you doing? And she's just like, my stomach hurts. Like, my head hurts. Like, the wind is like kind of getting to me. And he's like, oh, it blows all the time like that here. Mm, I'm good at flirting. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. she's just, it's just like, wow, that's going to make me want to stay here even longer. Great. Yep. He's like, yeah, the wind, uh, you can get lost 10 feet from your own doorstep. 
uh, why don't you, why don't you dance with me? And she's like, my stomach hurts. Like you can't see clearly from my body language that I am feeling ill. Um, and you know, she's coughing. She's like, it's the dust. Like I'm, I'm adjusting. And he is a dick. Ben is just like, he's n- well, that's the way it is here all the time. Yeah. It, 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 again, using the the westward ho analogy it literally is like well we're out here in a sandy dry area of the country and it's like well yeah it's gonna be no better than that this is the only we're the only you know station here on the trail so where else are you gonna go space west um he's like Oh, it's like that all the time. I'm cutting and he like walks over and just like pushes another miner mm-hmm. to the side to dance with the chick. She's chill. She's dancing with him. The miner that got pushed off by Ben goes to the third chick uh, and is like, hey, I want to dance with her. And the other one's like, no, like she's mine. Like we started dancing. It's a fight now. There's mm-hmm. only two ladies, three guys. It Eve. it devolves so quickly. It's so amazing quickly. how quickly it is when the three three – Three lonely men, and you put women in front of them, and they lose their goddamn minds. Uh, So Eve, finally, she screams, why don't you just fight about it, and the loser gets me? And she runs out into the wind. Yep. Um, She is being blown around by the wind. We have this fantastic, like, sequence of her being bashed around on the rocks in this fantastic sequence pink dress. Um... I just loved it. I was like, you know what? That was a great shot. Mm-hmm. It, Go that direction. Har- Harvey Hart sacrificed yes. himself for these beautiful shots. These gorgeous shots. It's great. Kirk is shouting for She's also in sandals. She's like in flippy floppies. Yeah, she's like not dressed to be out in a magnetic dust storm. Yeah. Um, so Kirk is shouting for her. He's out looking for her. And so is Ben. Ben has run out to go looking for her. Kirk is finally like, okay, beam me back up to the ship. We're going to search for her using infrared. Like, we don't want her to die. And if she's out in this storm, she's going to die. Scott is like, my dude, this will drain our batteries even further. And Kirk is like, well, we don't have any batteries. I should have got them, okay? Are you satisfied? I fucked up. I should have done something and I didn't, but I but I didn't. I don't have the fucking batteries. Are you happy now, Scotty? Like, he loses it, this poor man. And then he's like, Scott, I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost my cool. I was a bad coworker. I'm so sorry. And Scott's like, it's okay, Captain. We have five hours before we all die. (laughs) I'm in a forgiving mood because we got to do what we got to do. And it's great. This is sort of the second time that we've seen the crew members, like Kirk specifically, sort of lose it at each other. And then immediately be like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, that was not cool of me. I should not have spoken to you like that. I will contain myself. Which is really nice. I really like that camaraderie. Uh. <laughs> well, and it also, like, you know, the calling Kirk a paragon of virtue, like, part of it is is that he's a mm-hmm. human and he still screws up. Yeah. But he's also one of the first people to admit when he does yes. and to try and course correct it uh, yes. as soon as he can. To apologize, apologize specifically, and change the yeah. behavior. And he can't course correct uh. the ship, so he's literally the only person yeah. he can course correct at this moment. Exactly. But back down on the planet, 
Leo, uh, not Leo, Ben. Ben has found Eve. Yes. He carries her like, you know, saddle style because she has been knocked unconscious, I suppose. He carries her into another shelter, puts her down on the bed, and then just kind of collapses on a bench next to the bed. Like a gentleman. Um, as a child, I never clocked the fact because at, at various points throughout this, he says, like, I haven't laid a hand on you. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't laid a hand on her. Like, I haven't hurt yeah. her. Um, but as a child, I literally just, like, didn't even think with my brain um, because I was a child. And I'm like, oh, he never hit her. But I was like, oh, we're supposed to, like, think that he's a gentleman. Yeah. Because he didn't sleep in the bed with yeah, her. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's. We're supposed to root for a character that does the bare minimum of not yeah. assaulting people. Yeah. Which is like. Again, when you have a spaceship full of sexually harassing males, that sort of is your bar for what right. is acceptable. Like, that is something to be celebrated. Yup. So, he later on, like, he wakes up and he sees Eve is awake and cooking food on the stove. Yes. Uh, he's, like, fixing his pants, but he's just being a dick. He sees her, she's, like, washing a dish, and he goes, I had things where I wanted them. She's like, well, I ate some of your food, so I'm paying with chores. Like, fuck you. I am doing what I think is right. And fuck you. And he's like, well, I've not laid a hand on you. Remember that? She's like, wow. Everywhere in the fucking galaxy, the male ego sounds the goddamn same. Which I think is great. Her just being like, everywhere in the universe, men <laughs> sound the same. Everywhere. Eat or talk. And she, like, puts, like, the uh, food down in front of him. And he's all like, oh, I'm supposed to roll my eyes. Ooh, female cooking. I've tasted better by my own hands. It's a great scene from a sitcom about a husband and wife who yeah. hate each other. Yep. Yep. She's like, well, you're, you're, you're actually eating stuff by your own hand now because you don't clean your fucking pots. <laughs> and he's like, well, we don't have any water to clean. What am I supposed to do? She's like... Be clever. You've been here three years. Put the pans outside and this stupid fucking wind will will wipe them clean. It will sandblast these pans. And we're supposed to be like, wow, pioneer wisdom. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It's watching people hate each other and be mean to each other. Uh, it, 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 we're it, supposed it's... to think it's romantic. I'm I'm speechless right now because I am just amazed at the fact that is this what she wanted? Like, is right. this what all of them wanted? Is this the expectation? Like, I'm just I'm confused because I know, and I I, I can't get to it at the end, but it. She stays with him. Spoiler. Yeah. I love. I, my favorite thing is to say spoiler for a, on a show where we're talking about the plot <laughs> and everything, and your its entirety is a spoiler. Um, but it is one of those things where because she stays with him, like this is how it starts, and she's like, "Yeah, no, yeah. we can still work this out and go from here." But okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just fascinating. So he does it. He takes the pants and he puts them mm -hmm. outside. Um. And she's inside playing a game with circular playing cards. 
he's like, oh, are you playing solitaire? She's like, I'm playing double jack. She's very cold to him. She is just not entertaining his shit. And he's like, oh, like you should put that card there. And she's like, not in double jack, dipshit. I just said I'm not playing the game that you think I'm playing. I mean, it's also a hard reversal here because he is trying to engage. Like, it's hard. They both are mean to each other at certain points, but then they also like try to engage. They're both. But in this moment, she definitely, like early on too, this moment, she is definitely not in the engagement engaging mode oh, yeah. at all. It is set to zero. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he's just been a total dick, and the Venus drug has worn off or whatever she has taken. He goes, "You're not good company, and what happened to your looks anyway? You're homely." Like, do you hear me? You're homely, <laughs> which is such a like pioneer way to call someone ugly. And uh, we need to clarify. They aren't ugly. They really no. aren't. Uh, they look middle-aged. They just look like yeah. someone who has aged naturally. Yeah. yeah like even, they look even like the, they don't have yeah. makeup on. You know, and, and they put a little bit, they put a little bit of stuff on them to wrinkle them up a bit. Yeah. But they don't look bad. If these were yeah. age appropriate women, they would all still be fucking gorgeous. Yes. yes. Um, he's like, you're homely. I have enough money to buy queens. And he's like, I, she's like, I'm tired of you. I slumped. That's what happened. That's why I look ugly now. Because I got tired of fucking you. Uh, which I thought was magnificent. It, they they um, really did get a whole kitchen sink drama story. Like, this is the yep. beginning and end of, like, a marriage in all one yep. scene. Yep. So, at that point, bam, Kirk and Mud break in. They have found them. They break in. They're like, oh, thank goodness everyone's Okay. Uh, Ben's like, I didn't lay a hand on her. You didn't see anything because they're at the table, kind of yelling at each other. Um, he's like, I didn't lay a hand on her. I didn't, I didn't touch her. Didn't touch her. Um, Kirk is like, Mud, you have to tell this man what he, what you did. And Mud's like, Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I gave them Venus drugs. And Ben's like, that's a story. That's not a real thing. He's like, no, no, it totally exists, just like super illegally. And it gives you more of what you have. So for a woman, they become more beautiful. And if you give it to men, they become more aggressive. And those are the two genders. Yeah. Beauty and aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I... Uh, I'm not gonna get mad because it's a character who we're not supposed to like saying this. So, but it was. But it's also positing a world of binary genders, which what the fuck ever. It was the '60s. The networks were this and that, like. But it's still just really funny to me whenever it's like the two genders. They, They 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 spent so much time researching warp drives that they weren't studying yeah. non-binary and they were just like yeah. we got too many ones and zeros in this computing like we don't have time to think of anything else but that we've no time we're, we're faced with infinite diversity and infinite combinations but only two genders two <laughs> so it gives them more of what they have and ben is like well then what the fuck happened to my men what happened to my friends they're already married to those women via subspace radio like and went to their quarters they had to get married before they fucked yeah they just like eloped so quickly and that's the great like oh those two also we don't have to pay we don't want to have to pay them 
for more scenes. So they all got married yeah. off screen. <laughs> They're all married. It's it's off screen. Kirk is like, it it was based on fraud, so they can get out of it. Because apparently in the future you still need to like sue for divorce. Yeah, what is no fault divorce like... still the space legal? Is that is that what's on space space law? Is that no fault right. divorce doesn't exist in space? Right. Um and Eve is like really losing it at this point. She is fucking pissed, rightfully so. She goes, You don't want wives. You want this and you can't have it because it's not real mm-hmm. and she takes the drug and she takes it to turn all beautiful yes. and it's like this is the kind of wife you want ben not someone to help you and cook and sew and cry and need but this kind well selfish and, vain useless and also i'll say though she even changes the way she talks to him like she actually yeah. softens up on the, and she's still mad yeah. she's like is this what you want this is what you want, this beauty and all that thing. And yeah, it just is like, it's wild. And it's wild. And that's not even the yeah. wildest part because the reveal comes right away that. Nope. She's like, well, here it is. Uh, ben is like, but this is all fake. But Kirk reveals, nope, the drug we just gave her was fake. We took all of the illegal drugs and we gave her some, like a, a Vita gummy. The beauty was uh, in her the entire time. She's like, but I, I took a drug. Like, I, this can't be fake. I am beautiful now. Kirk goes, there's only one kind of woman. And uh, uh, Mud chimes in, or man for that matter. Um, you either believe in yourself or you don't. Which is like... Actually, kind of an an encouraging statement on the face of it. Here's my problem, though. You can't, in the last few minutes of your show, introduce this sort of magical realism of a woman being able to regenerate her cells into youthfulness and not go into further detail of how... How did she do that? A drug. Like, they were taking an illegal drug. Like, if the drug was fake the whole time, they it wouldn't have been seized. What the fuck? Like, just being like, yeah, the drug never actually was doing anything. What? I don't... It just made her believe in herself? I, I, it is... It, 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 again, from the beginning of this episode, Mud brings more questions than answers. And yep. that's where we're basically leaving this this journey yep. is with more questions than yep. we have answers yep uh ben hands over the crystals kirk is like beam us up like how many are coming with and ben's like um eve will stay the day at least we want to talk she he hasn't spoken to her before being like she will stay because we want to talk they have somehow communicated this to each other psychically because now they're in love now he's like, oh, I do want to help meet. I do want someone who, instead of taking care of her six shitty brothers, only takes care of one shitty me. It, you know, it's, it, it is, it, 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 settling. Sometimes yeah. you settle. And it's really yeah. interesting that she's basically like, you know what? I started this journey 
knowing I was going to be sold to someone and let me just try and work this out because the person who could transport me is currently being court-martialed and is about to go to prison. So what else am I going to do? Straight up. Straight up. So Kirk's like, all right, then two to beam up. Mud and Kirk. Mud's like, maybe you just forget that I'm here. Maybe like, maybe you just want to beam up and I stay here. Um, And Kirk's like, no, but I'll be a character witness at your trial. And Mud has a great, like, they'll throw away the key. It, I, I can't wait for him to come back again because I assume it's going to be post-prison and I want to know what that is like. Which is great because we see in the previous scene when they're talking about his previous crimes, what he was punished to. And so they're like, you know, driving without a license, blah, blah, blah. And the punishments were psychiatric treatment. Yeah. Which is like so, interesting that they had. Yeah. Uh, I mean. It's like sort of. It's, they would have. Yeah, I guess they would have had it. because Well, they would have had it because they put sent people to asylums back in the day. Which yeah. Different than the psychiatric treatment in that regard. But it's. Yeah. It's interesting that but it also, court mandated. It's a. Yeah, it suggests that the justice system has moved past just locking people. Yeah. Up, which is cool. Yeah. But it clearly um, hasn't worked for him. Yeah. Um, so we're we're wrapping this up. We're back on the bridge. McCoy is like, wow, what a speech you gave to that woman. You should sell drugs, Kirk. And Kirk's like, nah, that's your business. Uh, and he's like, Spock, you have no heart. Oh, wait, it's here. And he, like, points at where his spleen is. And Spock does another, like, I'm so glad that my internal anatomy is unlike yours. Da, 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 da. Truly, of all the episodes we've seen, yeah. the one where they felt like they didn't know how to end it the most. Yep. Yep. It really felt like a, a, yeah, a wrapped up rushed ending that... Uh, so did the other women, do they, are they staying homely? Do they not have, the, is she going to be able to go tell them? Are they, is she an alien? Is. We know none of this. Presumably does, they are all human. Does the secret exist in this universe? And she just used positive <laughs> affirmations and manifesting to achieve her realities. That's what it seems like. Um, there is a pretty like famous sort of take on this episode from a feminist lens where it's like, oh, it's so sad that like, now she's stuck on this planet where the wind blows all the time. And I'm not entirely sure that that is what was implied. I felt like it was implied that they were all rich and they were going to like get rich with the lithium and like leave and go do rich people shit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't feel incredible about these women's prospects. And I think it's probably because I don't feel incredible about the scenario that got them there to begin with. So I right. am, I'm not banking on any of these lasting long term. But at the same point, yeah. I have met couples with weirder and more odd yeah. meat cutes to this that have worked out. So at the same point, that's it feels disgusting to call this a meat cute because it's like yeah. yeah. But in terms of what the story is trying to tell us based on their reactions, mm -hmm. these are meat cutes. Yep. Yep. And these uh, guys who can buy queens are going to, you know, have happy relationships and love the women that they purchased. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So some fun facts. 
about this episode. In the original script, there was a lengthy monologue in which Harry Mudd attempts to persuade Uhura to take the drug. Oh. Um, yeah, it was removed because it was deemed too wordy and long. But the actor, Roger C. Carmel, uh, was extremely disappointed with the deletion. He described it as wonderful. Of course, it was him giving it. Yeah. And I really want to fucking see it because it's Harry Mudd trying to do anything. I want to see Mudd do everything. <laughs> I want to just watch him go through the universe trying to run fucking scams. I love this man. I love this character. Uh, he... He loved it just as much as uh, the second season when he is in I Mud, another one of my very favorite episodes. Um, this was produced. Basically, it was like one of the first episodes produced. So despite the fact that Grace Lee Whitney Yeoman Rand isn't in the episode, she was on set oh. during the entire filming to sort of get the vibe of the set and the mood and like meet everyone, um, which I think is very cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems like it's just part of the behind the scenes that makes the crew vibe so well together. Well, this was production code number four. And so mm -hmm. um, it was produced. Uh, in fact, have we seen the third one produced? We haven't. Production code number three is the only one that we're missing. We've seen uh, eight is the, is the latest, which was Charlie X. Um, the mm -hmm. earliest one, because we don't haven't seen the cage, is uh, No Man Has Gone Before. So this one is the gap in between the those two episodes, and so yeah, it is interesting that we haven't. Did we? Did we even see Yohora in any of this episode? I'm trying to remember. We yes. did a little bit, okay, but she wasn't featured. Yohora is in this episode, not featured very prominently, and wearing a yellow dress, um, a or a mustard command maybe, colored maybe dress. That's why I didn't take rather it in than as her much. standard red dress. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that was probably because of the shrinking of the uniforms, oh, and they sort of had to scramble. Yeah. Well, they also she looks much they better. In also, red. might not have had as much concern about the uniformity in terms of yeah what colors were for what things like they knew what they meant but they also mm -hmm. like yeah practicality of just being like just get her in something that fits like it's whatever yeah yeah uh so that is basically all of the facts that we have about this episode i did a lot of research trying to find information and literally like repeated over and over again are just these same stories that it was one of gene roddenberry's first things it could have been a one of the pilots, um, it was based on the idea of Wagon Train to the Stars, which was the original title that he gave for Star Trek. It, it's um, interesting that such a, a character that has, as you said, such a good fan favorite reception that we don't know yeah. more about it. Yeah, and I, I agree. It was Candle who came up with Mud. It was Roddenberry who came up with the idea of Space Hookers. Um... <laughs> That is one of the facts that, that we learn about the, that is recorded about the episode. And I think that it's just because it was the third episode produced mm -hmm. that people just weren't writing down as much about it as they did for the later episodes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, which is something so interesting about this show is because of when it was set and because of the sort of fame that it acquired there is so much information about the production yeah that's uh, something that I, I i would hear a lot about the production of star trek outside of the context of even mm -hmm. having seen them 
just feeling like we knew a lot about it or that there was a lot of notes from writers and stuff about things that we don't necessarily see that get clarified. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, William Shatner noted about this episode uh, that NBC allowed Mud's women to be produced at all is still a minor miracle. Do you know what? After seeing it, agreed. Agreed. Right? They basically, right? They basically did. I, 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 I'm going to try and I, I, the the talking about the issues and everything aside. They managed to do the impossible in making this character likable and this scenario yep. as acceptable as possible to where you could watch yep. it and not feel like this is all an omni tragedy. Now. I take it as much more tragic than I'm sure the story is presenting it. But it is interesting that they basically massage it and did the point where it's like, no, you can track and say the characters within this show are okay with this scenario playing out. It's interesting because, <coughs> like, yes, yes, the women are on board. But one, it seems like they were sold an idea that they are going to, like, marry these really, really rich, lonely guys. Yeah that they're ugly and they can't get men without this situation. Three, one of these women is from a pleasure planet. Mm -hmm. What was her life like before this? Yeah, I think that's for me the sad part is that I just wish these three women didn't feel the need to have to be attached to men. And maybe that's just mm -hmm. where I'm at, where it's sort of like because that they're talking about where it's like, well, we don't have other prospects, everything's low. And it's just sort of like, well, why are you thinking in that way? Why are you thinking about having to attach like, yourself to men? Do you not have prospects? Like, they don't talk about that they didn't have prospects for their own individual work. lives or work. Yeah, it's all just about th- the anything. men and things like that. Because even if they said, like, if they're like, we don't want to work. Here's the thing is, though, I we think. <laughs> we know we have all of the opportunities in the world. We want to fuck lonely dudes. Like, that's fine. I think, though, but... Emily, let's, let's be an honest assessment here. I do think you and I mm-hmm. are a bit cerebral and detached from romance and don't we are logically approaching the scenario where this is emotional these are all women who we know that they just they want a better half and we're two people that have better halves and so we're able to not we're not in that scenario right now where we're signing up and going uh you know uh, as i have friends that joke about but i would also be some serious about trying to get on the bachelor and things like that because you know it's like well maybe that yeah. would be my option for get, to get on there and everything mm-hmm. so yeah it it's yeah. uh i think we're going to come from this at a much more yeah. um i'm not trying to say superior but that maybe already Mark. yes that maybe b- betrays in my head how like, i feel about it <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah yeah right it's like we've been exposed to too much like deconstructed westerns. Yeah. Like we've seen too much of these like westerns that are from the perspective of the women in these yeah. situations and that try and look at that in a more realistic or from a different lens not just this sort of pastel colored mm-hmm. uh romance novel. It feels like a romance novel where you can't really engage logically yes. with some of the situations because it's not yes, about you that. have to accept that it's just about the lure and the fantasy yes and 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 it is when you have a space fantasy and you're layering it with a romantic fantasy like all the wires just can get crossed it's so interesting mm-hmm. 
Uh, but again, this is one of my very favorite episodes because it has Harry yes. Mudd. And I just love him so much. I find him so engaging. He, he's incredible. I think it's time for me to slot this episode in for my rankings. This Please one tell me. ranks above our ESP episodes. Nice. Okay. It is... I think it's going to be... I'm having a hard time placing it in third or fourth. The Man Trap okay. um, is still my number one. Number I, you one. know what? I think I liked this a little bit better than The Enemy Within. Um, I think Fair. Naked Time Me is too. still number two. I think I like this one. Mm. A li- but Enemy Within and Mud are very close right now. And then okay. it's um, Where No Man Has Gone Before and then Charlie X at the bottom. And again, I feel bad for Charlie, but, you know... It, I think when when the plot here's here's what it is Charlie's just a brat. He's such a fucking brat yeah. that I'm just like Charlie. Yeah. You get last to teach you a lesson because if you were such a little piece mm-hmm. of shit, enough. I mean, Mud's a worse piece. If we're getting into morality, Mud's a worse one. Although Charlie was threatening to murder people, I don't know. It's all bad. It's everyone is bad. Space is where you meet bad people. Space is where you meet bad people. I love that as. <laughs> That's our thesis mm-hmm. for the show. Space. Let's bring me bad people. Space. The bad people. <laughs> the bad people collective. Yeah, the bad people are. Um, I think I'm going to put this in my number two slot. Solidly wow. behind the naked nice. time. Um, and then I think that I would put Charlie X next. Because um, I just, I love the brand in that mm-hmm. episode. Um, and then probably Where No Man Has Gone Before. And the man trap and enemy within at the last. I know it's iconic, but just it's just always a little too complicated. Yeah, me. and you know what? The more I think about the enemy within, that was that was go. I thinking about our conversation and all the 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 complicatedness of 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 it's goes within it. it yeah, up. exactly. That that ranks a little bit lower, and probably I think we'll keep dropping. As we go along with this, it might might end up underneath the SP ones. We'll see. I just, I think I just, after getting two ones back to back, I was just sort of like, bullshit, come on, give me something different. <laughs> give me something different. Give me just belief in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> give me apparently jolly sex traffickers. Jolly sex traffickers. I, you know what? And here's, okay. And I've been, I've been looking at this. Oh, here's, so one thing, the next episode we're looking at, what are little girls made of? I don't I don't know nope. if I want to know. I'm just that title <laughs> that title alone after this episode it's just like Jesus fucking Christ Gene what right? what could this episode be about? Like my god. Uh but the the so the the reveal that I that I've been thinking about through the entire thing is that it is so funny to me to think of this show as one of two things, as a cop procedural or as like mm-hmm a story of people that are actually pirates. And so the Enterprise is like an actual <laughs> ship that is sailing and like, oh, it went to go rescue this little schooner, but then it hit a reef and now it's starting to leak. And if they don't yep. get repairs, then they have to go to the people that have repairs, but they won't let, like, it's like, I could do about that. But, yep. but the whole thing is, I find it so funny that this episode starts with someone getting pulled over. That Gene, yep. the cop, couldn't not start this show with just being like, how do all things show? 
you pull someone over and they won't pull over. And that's what, and that's exactly how it starts with is that all the trouble in the ship is, is because they're trying to pull over this car and it ends up wrecking them. The registration is out. Literally. And I need to pull them. And I just had my first traffic court appearance yesterday because of insurance and and tags. And I, and I got the stuff waived. I got it all waived because I was able to show up for it. But it's that kind of thing where it's like, this is routine mud. Like, yeah, but He's playing that 4D chess in real life. Yep. Yep. Emily, thank you again for taking me on this journey of helping me get through the mud of, again, what turned out to be an enjoyable, enjoyable discussion, enjoyable episode. But woo, boy, howdy. Living in the 21st century, talking about 20th speculative fiction of the 20, what, is it the 23rd century? Like, my word, it's, it's a treat. It is such a treat. Uh, thank you so much for joining, Missy. Uh, I have some really rich miners that I want you to meet. Oh, okay. They could buy queens. They could buy you queens, You know what? Missy. And I'm becoming a queen, so I, I think that yeah. if I just, if I, do you know, honestly, Believe if I yourself. had that blue dress, those short shorts and oh, my legs. yeah. I'm getting every minor, every all three of them would marry just me. It would just be that. Yep. yep. And I would be okay with it. <laughs> I would be so okay with that. Yes. Magnificent. I can say that because my husband doesn't listen to these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. That's how it has to end. The end. Good night. Yes.